Well, good afternoon. Um, I'm P. Anthony Thomas, uh, Chair of the Utility Rate Advisory Commission. I want to welcome you to our June 23rd meeting. We are starting our meeting at 5.31 p.m. Um, we are being brought to you by teleconference only. Only essential people are in City Hall at the current time. Um, with that, uh, I'd like to call the meeting to order and ask the clerk to call the roll, please. Melissa Lee. Brian Beering. Here. Megan Fidel. Here. Rachel Ann Vanderwerf. Here. Connie Gutowski. Here. April Javist. P. Anthony Thomas. Present. The commission has a quorum and I've got a few meeting announcements. This meeting is being video streamed and can be viewed on the city's website or viewed later from the archived files. Please silence all cell phones and mobile devices. If you wish to speak tonight, please call 916-808-7213 and follow the prompts. The agenda is located on the city's website. Thank you. Thank you for the announcement. Um, may we have the approval of the minutes of the May 26, 2021 meeting, please? Call the roll. So moved. Second. Okay. Megan, second. Good deal. Been moved and second. Um, roll call, please. Melissa Lee. Brian Beering. Yes. Megan Fidel. Yes. Rachel Ann Vanderwerf. I'm going to abstain since I wasn't at the last meeting. Connie Gutowski. Yes. April Javist. P. Anthony Thomas. Yes. Motion passes. Outstanding. All right, let's move to uh, our agenda. Uh, we have a discussion calendar today. Um, and our first agenda items, Department of Utilities Accountability Plan, the update for the third quarter, fiscal year 2021. Um, this is a citywide location. Um, recommendation is to receive uh, and file. I would like to now turn it over to our presenter um, for the third quarter fiscal update. Thank you, P. Anthony. Um, I'm Bill Busaith. I'm the director of the Department of Utilities. I don't know if you guys can see me or not. I, I can't see me. And my camera is not working for some reason. Um, but uh, you don't need to see me. Uh, you can see the uh, presentation here, and I'll, I'll walk. Uh, I'll walk the commissioners through this. Um, I'm going to give the bulk of this presentation. Uh, go, uh, go to the next uh, slide. Um, I'm going to do um, everything up to uh, the storm drainage updates. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the Prop 218 process um, for a, a storm drainage rate adjustment. And Mike Voss is going to uh, is going to take the lead on that. Um, I'll do everything up to, you know, up to that storm drainage rated uh, uh, updates part of the presentation. Go ahead, Tyler. To, so to start with, we have our um, a, a report on our on our financing, um, mostly. A report on our two loans. One is a, a, a state revolving fund loan uh, for the water fund. Uh, it was a loan of $173 million. Great interest rate, as you see there. Um, we have expended, um, as of March 31st, $131 million. Um, there has been another um, 18 million or so encumbered. Uh, we will not be spending all of that money. We probably will have about $20 million uh, of that fund that we will not be spending, um, which will of course reduce the, uh, the debt service payments that we'll be paying uh, on, that, on that fund, on that money. Um, basically the, our costs for the, uh, this was for the um, accelerated water meter program. 
um, uh, and, uh, and other programs, our costs came in, you know, lower than anticipated. And so um, uh, we won't be spending all that money, which is a good, good thing. On the wastewater, uh, we have our, um, in, in 2019, we got our $32 million in, in uh, bond for the wastewater program. Um, we've spent uh, to date 18.8 million. We have another 3.5 million encumbered on that. Uh, our due date to get that uh, $32 million spent or at least 85% spent is April of next year. And we're confident that we're on schedule to accomplish that. Go ahead, Tyler. Um, our fund balances, as we've talked about in the past, um, are um, robust. Uh, and I'll, uh, you know, we, on the water fund, we have a, you know, current fund balance of $117 million. Uh, our 120-day working, working capital is $36 million. Um, I'll be going over later what we um, are doing to um, spend that money over the next four or five years on our capital program. Um, as you remember, um, the, the reason that that is so high is mostly two, two or, well, there's two or three different reasons. One is on our rate modeling, you know, back when we got our, our last rate adjustment, uh, we made conservative, appropriately conservative um, assumptions about the interest rate that we would get and about the cost of the, of the, pro of the projects uh, that were gonna be funded by those rates. Um, for the most part, the projects have you know come in under budget. Uh, we we ended up getting a much better interest rate on uh, that uh, uh, on our uh, bond, you know, our, our bonds that we sold, uh, and just overall costs have been much less than we anticipated. Um, the nice thing about that is that it puts us in a position that, where we will not be needing another rate adjustment probably till FY26. And in the meantime, we're gonna have money for a robust water capital improvement uh, program uh, with, that, uh, with those funds. Um, on the wastewater, uh, you'll see that we're right about where we should be um, on, the, on the fund balance, a little bit high, but we have plenty of capital dollars that we're gonna be spending over the next three or four years and this also, you know, we, we also don't anticipate going out for a wastewater adjustments pr probably till FY25. Um, and then on the storm drainage, as you know, we haven't had a, a rate adjustment in the storm drainage uh, program for almost 25 years now. And I'll just say that the reason that the fund balance is so high is, is that we've been pretty jealously guarding um, that that money. We haven't been spending a lot of money on capital improvements. Um, and so the fund balance is, you know, has been staying pretty steadily high. We've gotten to the point right now where we uh, have capital improvements that we cannot put off anymore. And so over the next um, four or five years, we're going to be doing some relatively significant capital improvements. It's not anywhere near what we need to spend, um, but it's going to, we're gonna be spending, you know, some of that fund balance. The reality again in the, in the storm drainage is that our revenues right now are just about equal to our operating expenses, um, but we will be spending some significant dollars over the next four or five years in capital improvements. Again, that we feel like we, you know, we feel like are, they are crucial and that we have to do them. Go ahead, Tyler. Um, the SURA program uh, continues to be a very successful, this, you know, our, our rate assistance program continues to be a very successful program. 
currently 8,300 participants uh, and five not-for-profit not uh, you know, housing organizations. Um, our third quarter expenses for FY21 were almost $900,000. We anticipate a similar, um, and so we've spent uh, $2.7 million of our 3.8 million budget. Uh, we anticipate similar expenses in the fourth quarter, which will bring us to within about $200,000 of, 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 our, of our budget, uh, the SURA the budget. Um, just for your information, and we've messaged this a couple of times, but we're actually getting close to bringing some recommendations to council, probably in the July-August timeframe, making some recommendations uh, to some recommended adjustments to the SURA program that will make it uh, more sustainable uh, in the long run. Um, next slide, Tyler. Um, we continue to have robust community engagement, you know, with newsletters that we're sending out, uh, focusing, especially these days, on water efficiency. Um, you know, since the drought ramped up our water conservation, you know, urgency in the city of Sacramento. Uh, we have continued to have a very, very robust um, uh, outreach program and a very uh, you know, robust rebate program with regard to water conservation. Um, we, and so we're messaging that and continue to and will continue to and even ramp up messaging of that. And I'll, I'll cover that a little bit more in detail on an, another slide towards the end of my part of the presentation. But basically, we've got some great projects. We've, you know, we've talked about the storm drainage fund and and the the condition of that fund, uh, highlighting um, great projects like our Third Street um, sewer upgrade project. Um, these this was included in the utility bill, and it's also posted to the website, social media. We have a new uh, PIO, Carlos Eliasun, is very savvy with social media and also with the media in general. Um, and uh, we, have, we are really stepping up our outreach uh, game uh, under Carlos's uh, leadership. Next slide. Um, another thing that we spend a lot of time doing, we have uh, as part of our storm drainage program and storm drainage system is controlled by a, a national pollutant system elimination discharge permit, NPDES permit. And so we spend a lot of time and money outreaching uh, to our public about water quality, you know, about activities that they can do to make sure that our rivers and our creeks stay as clean as they can be, um, you know, minimizing pesticide uh, discharges, you know, minimizing uh, uh, fertilizer discharges, um, making sure that people understand that whatever goes down the storm drain, you know, eventually gets into a river or a creek. And so uh, we have a lot of partners in the region that we work with. Um, you can see, you know, we, we have a lot of different media uh, outreach uh, with social media, radios, billboards. Um, and so again, we spend a lot of effort and money on uh, outreach with regard to uh, storm drainage and water quality. Go ahead. Um, we just, um, and we have developed a 2021 sustainability plan we are in the process of finalizing our sustainability policy, which outlines uh, important, you know, uh, clarifies policy decisions that we've made in the Department of Utilities that guide and direct us with regard to sustainability. Um, under uh, Rajni Das and her team, um, this is what we are accomplishing in, in the calendar year 2021. 
um, greenhouse, you see the list there. Um, uh, our green audit response, which was a, the green audit was something that the city did and that the Department of Utilities playing a role in. Um, our climate change data study, which is provides us data, data in the region for planning purposes um, with regard to you know, possible impacts of climate change. Um, we have the ISO 5001 uh, energy management of treatment plants that we're, that we're just starting and, uh, and, work, and gonna be working through. And of course, water conservation. Um, as you all have heard, this is shaping up to be one of the driest years on record. Uh, it was a little bit of surprise because um, we had a significant snowpack and thought that there would be a significant amount of runoff into the reservoirs, which did not materialize uh, because the ground was so dry and the ground absorbed most of the, of the runoff and it did not make it to the reservoirs. And so we find ourselves in this region with Folsom at a, a, relative, a, a, a very low level. Um, we're working with the uh, Bureau of Reclamation to manage that water so that we end up with enough for our needs in the, in the region. And we also are also gonna be starting to message very strongly uh, a, a return to some significant water conservation efforts I will say that the, the residents of the city have done a good job um, in maintaining uh, relatively low water uh, usage levels, uh, but we are going to be in the next week or so even uh, messaging, starting to message uh, a voluntary 10% uh, water conservation um, and messaging you know, other things that this, you know, that the residents and the city can do uh, to conserve water um, because of the, you know, criticality of the, of the dry year. Um, next, Tyler. Um, this was, you know, before um, we, as I mentioned, we continue to do messaging on water conservation. And we have been, these are some of the things that we did, just some of the things that we did in March. Um, as I mentioned though, now that we fully understand more clearly the uh, serious nature of the, of the dry year, um, we will be ramping up our, our water efficiency and conservation outreach um, even more. Go ahead, Tyler. Um, we had a successful quarter, a lot of um, action with our river-friendly landscape uh, rebates, um, our uh, irrigation upgrades, our smart controllers, our smud instant rebates, our toilet rebates, and our uh, uh, through the, the our redo the loo. You remember the redo the loo is a toilet rebate program that is focused on disadvantaged communities. Um, it's a program where, because a, a lot of folks in our disadvantaged communities don't have money to repair a toilet and then get it, you know, get rebate money for that. And so we've got a special program where um, uh, we work with the folks in, in our disadvantaged communities just to go ahead and replace the toilets and pay, and, and pay for it. Um, our leak letters, just a reminder that we monitor water usage through our uh, automated meter program. And if it looks like somebody is has a leak, and mostly what triggers that is if they have a continuous water usage, uh, you know, throughout the night and day that doesn't go away ever, that's usually an indication that there's a leak somewhere. And so we'll send a, a letter out to those residents giving them a, a heads up that you may have a leak, you know, give us a call and we'll out, you know, we'll come out and investigate for you. And hence those uh, leak investigations. Uh, we also are continuing on the water wise house calls and we're getting more and more calls and actually 
we will be encouraging people to call more and more if they see water misuse or water waste, and we'll go out and investigate those. And then again, the Leak Free Project, uh, Sacramento is a, another program that's focused on our disadvantaged communities where we work with uh, those uh, eligible folks to um, go in and do repairs and improvements um, that will make um, them more water efficient and also fix leaks um, in, their, in their houses and in their irrigation systems. Go ahead, Tyler. So by way of report back, um, we had some input at some of the past meetings. Go ahead, Tyler. Um, there was a question asked at either the last meeting or the meeting before about non-revenue, non-rate revenue, and possibly using that to, um, you know, possibly having the URAC weigh in on what we do with that non-rate revenue. Um, unfortunately, our attorneys have weighed in and given the opinion that that's not under the purview of the URAC. Um, it's a relatively small amount of money anyway, as you remember, it was in the $60,000 range. Um, uh, we had discussed possibly using that to help um, people with their uh, utility bills. Um, and so we are not gonna be able to do that with that money, and, or, uh, but there are plenty of other programs uh, and other things that we are doing to assist uh, you know, and have been doing during the COVID um, program or during the COVID emergency, including a continuation of our, of our robust rate assistance program, which provides rate assistance, um, significant rate assistance to eligible um, customers and eligibility is determined by anybody who is below the 200% of poverty level, that, that's the federal poverty level. Um, we continue to waive late fees. And you can see that we are spending a significant amount of money. This is revenue that we would have received uh, over the past year and a half, year to year and a half, um, $1.1 million in the water, um, $335 in the wastewater and $425 in the drainage fund. So we have waived a lot of a lot of late fees, you know, over the past year and year and year and a half. We also have suspended the water termination program and probably will not uh, start that back up. We, we haven't made final decisions about that, but we probably will not be starting up uh, that uh, uh, water termination program. Um, and then we're closely working with other departments um, in, the, in the city to track a, a, a lot of the federal, the federal and state assistance, which is significant. Uh, and some of it is targeted specifically to utilities uh, rate assistance um, and making sure that the word gets out to our customers that that is available. Um, and so though we're not gonna be able to use non-rate revenue uh, there, are a lot of things that we are doing and also that the state and federal government is doing to assist um, uh, our customers with their, uh, with their utility bills. Next. As I mentioned, we have a, a very robust capital program um, that we have in place you know, over the next five years to spend the, the surplus that we have in that in that fund. Um, see, we have $120 million um, that is going to spend that balance down significantly um, to a you know to a reasonable level. We have plenty of other you know capital needs. Um, as I mentioned, we probably will be looking to go for a rate adjustment in the 26, 27 uh, timeframe. Um, and so we'll be in the future working with, of course, working with the URAC um, when, you know, when we get to that point on those rate adjustments. But right now, um, we don't 
you know, we don't have anything in, in, in the works until 26, 27. Go ahead, Tyler. Um, some of those projects that we have uh, uh, on the books are some very significant money that we're gonna be spending on our well rehabilitation. One of the things that the drought highlights is the critical importance of having a very uh, resilient and reliable um, groundwater system, uh, groundwater wells so that we can deliver. If, if ever we get to a point, which is not likely, where the you know drought conditions get so severe that our you know water that we can pull out either of the American or Sacramento rivers is limited, um, we are going to need a, a robust groundwater supply and delivery system that will allow us to continue to deliver water to our, our customers, and so we'll be spending some significant money on that. Uh, and, and more um, you know, over the next five to 10 years. Um, we have some significant improvements that we need to do at the Fairbairn treatment plant. Um, and this, again, this $20 million is just a part of what we need to do in order to um, make sure that we have a firm 100 million gallon per day capacity at the Fairbairn plant. And then um, some significant work on our uh, distribution and transmission mains uh, with our, our older distribution and transmission mains that have, that have neared or exceeded their, their life expectancy. Go ahead, Tyler. Um, I'm gonna turn the time over to Mike Voss now to cover uh, the, the 218 process as, as, as it relates to the storm drainage uh, fund. And then we'll, of course, be open for any questions that you may want to ask. Well, um, good evening, Chair Thomas, members of the commission. My name is Mike Voss. I'm a senior deputy city attorney. I'm assigned to the Department of Utilities and to the URAC. So, um, staff asked me to talk a bit about Proposition 218 today, um, and I'm going to go over the background and um, what makes this a little bit different for storm drainage rates versus the solid waste rates that you just dealt with or the water or sewer rates that we've done in the past. Um, so, as you know, Department of Utilities is considering a storm drainage rate increase. Um, it's been a long time, um, by a long time, I mean never since it's been raised. And um, it's getting to the point where the department is starting to take this really seriously. So next slide, please. Um, I'll start off with a little bit of background on Proposition 218. Um, it was adopted in 1996 and it governs rate increase processes um, for water, wastewater, solid waste, um, and storm drainage. Um, so for water, wastewater, and solid waste, um, Prop 218 requires a protest mailer process before the city council can approve a rate increase. But for a storm drainage increase, there's an additional step. In addition to the protest mailer process, it also requires a balloting process. And um, so that's basically an election and it has to pass by 50% plus one property owner vote um, for the city to be able to impose that fee. So we'll drill down a little bit. Next slide, please, Tyler. Um, this is um, the process that we're all familiar with here. Um, the city will send out a protest mailer and the protest mailer has um, a lot of information that's required to be on it. Um, it'll disclose the amount that's chargeable to the parcel, the basis of the calculation, the reason for the increase, and then um, give some information about the protest hearing and how to submit a written protest. So property owners um, have 45 days um, after the mailer to 
protest the rape and they are sent into the city clerk. And if less than one half of the city parcel submits protest, the process continues. So that's typically a, a tough standard to meet because um, I'm not aware of many, if any situations where more than one half of the parcels have sent in um, protests. So then um, there's the URAC portion of this process um, where the rate hearing is conducted. The city council has delegated the authority to URAC to actually conduct the rate hearing and it would be at a URAC meeting. There is, um, since it's advertised, we typically get a few more public members of the public than we often get. There's the opportunity for the public comment um, and you all listen to the public and comment on what you think about the proposed increase. And then you provide a recommendation to the city council. Uh, next slide, please, Tyler. So this is the step that's a little bit different. Um, in the past for other types of rate increases, such as the solid waste increase, the council will consider the URAC recommendation and then follow it, or sometimes do something a little bit different. Um, and that's the end of the process and the rate increase is imposed. Um, for a storm drainage, the protest um, step is not the last one. And so what the council will do is authorize a mailed ballot election. And so ballots will be mailed out to all of the owners and the owners are given 45 days to mail in their ballots. Um, only those ballots that are returned will count. Um, and then the city clerk generally will tabulate the ballots and count them up. And if the majority of ballots that are returned are for um, the rate increase, it passes. If the majority of the ballots returned are against the rate increase, it does not pass. And then Department of Utilities will go back to the drawing board. Um, so that that's pretty much the process. Um, there are a lot of requirements for what has to be on the ballot. Um, the city will adopt procedures specifically for this process because this will be the first time the city goes through a mail-in ballot process for a fee like this. We've done it before for assessments um, and for our business districts, but um, since this storm drainage fee has not been raised since 1996, the city hasn't had occasion to um, do this process and hasn't done this process for any other property related fees. So um, that is my presentation and I'm happy to answer any questions you might have about the process. Um, I want to thank um, Bill as always, um, detailed and efficient. Appreciate you, Bill. Thank you as well, Mike, uh, for your presentation. And I also want to thank Tyler for your AV expertise um, in getting us through the slides and, and no problems. At this time, um, if there are any questions from my colleagues, uh, please feel free to raise your hand. Glad to call on you. Any questions? Hey, this isn't about the presentation. Um, should I bring that up? Should I bring it up after? after? Do we talk first about the presentations and then have a little bit for public business or? Um, well, we, unless you want to put it under members' comments and ideas. I'll wait for that. You sure? Okay. Sure. Any other questions? Um, I've got a quick question. Go ahead, Brian. A uh, question for Mr. Busey. Um, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the fund balances obviously look, you know, pretty high. Um, I'm curious where we are, you know, with COVID and bill arrearage issues. I know that's um, been affecting some of the electric utilities. Wondering if um, the water you the water utility is affected as well by bill arrearages. Um, and whether that's uh, taken into account, I noticed that you uh, you're planning some changes to the, uh, the URAP program. So I was wondering if you could 
summarize the, the changes there as well. Thanks. We, um, we haven't noticed a uh, significant reduction in revenues due to COVID. It's something we're tracking on a month to month basis. Um, our revenues, if you saw our, our revenues, you, you'd see that they're up and they're down. But at the end of the year, you know, we usually average in the 98 to 99% um, range for, uh, you know, receipt of the, you know, payment of our bills. And the ones that don't get paid, as you know, you may or may not be aware, we roll over onto a, a special, a county special assessment uh, where the county basically rolls those over onto property taxes um, and pays us for those. So we've been monitoring that very closely. I don't, we can't, what we can't, what I can't say right now is, is that I can't say that I see a revenue reduction that is the result of COVID. Um, things actually look pretty normal. Uh, you know, one of our biggest revenue reductions really has been, as we showed that one slide on the, uh, the late fees and, and charges that we have waived, um, that's revenue that we, you know, that we don't have. Um, in the scope of our overall revenues, those are relatively minor. And so, you know, my, my overall answer to your question is no, we, we really haven't. And I know there are some utilities who have taken significant hits. Um, and there's actually part of the federal um, uh, aid, you know, uh, packages. And, and the one that's coming up is uh, we're actually going to be, looks like we're going to be able to re be refunded or paid for uh, certain, um, uh, you know, for uh, bills that have not been paid. Um, we don't. We still don't know exactly how that's going to work, but so that's taken me a long time to say we really didn't have a significant revenue impact from um, from COVID. And Mr. Busey, can you comment on uh, the changes that um, the the city is planning to pro propose to council on the changes to the ERAP program? Um, I I can't get too detailed before we actually go to council on those. Okay. Basically, we're going to be proposing. You know, in the past, the, the rate assistance has been based on the rate adjustments and having the customers not pay the rate, you know, adjustments and keeping their, uh, their bills, uh, you know, where they were prior to the rate adjustments. We're going to be moving to a flat percentage discount uh, that is going to be something that is going to be more sustainable. Okay. You know, uh, you know, uh, moving forward. Understood. Thank you. Any other questions, colleagues? Bill, I do have a question of slide eleven uh, regarding the water efficiency rebates. Um, in, in so the, the, the numbers certainly were impressive. Insofar as when residents get this done, is this by um, certified contractors and then they're on a list or is it done by the homeowner and they provide the work that they've done for the rebate? So um, there's two areas where we, we, we check. <laughs> we, and certainly on the river friendly landscape, uh, turf, you know, turf conversion uh, program, there are certain requirements about, you know, uh, landscape, you know, how, how the, the landscape is installed and, and what the design is. And so we do look at the landscape plans and make sure that they're, uh, that they uh, match our requirements. And then we do verify that the landscape has been installed uh, before we pay those rebates. And then similarly on the irrigation upgrades and the smart controllers, we verify, we do verify that the upgrades have been done and that, and that the smart controllers have been installed appropriately and that they're functioning appropriately before the, before the rebate is given. So other we have that, a... and, you know, those are the only things that we get into, you know, other than that, mostly, 
you know, if somebody replaces a toilet, they give us proof that it was a, you know, that they, that they bought a toilet and that it was a, a water efficient toilet. And then we go ahead and give them the rebate. I understand. So do we have guidelines for this or um, is it pretty standard, meaning that I go to somewhere where I can purchase turf grass and then, you know, since they're more than likely in California, um, for, for example, um, when you install windows, because of California law, they have to be low, low E or double paned or something along those lines. Is that the same um, insofar as when you go and purchase the turf, they are going from a set of guidelines or do we have a set of guidelines or recommendations? Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a set of guidelines. Um, and I, I'm, I'm fairly familiar with them, though, though not 100%. Sure. You know, on, our, on our website, there are guidelines about, you know, we, we require that there be a certain percent, you know, after the, the, the landscape is done, that there be a certain percent of coverage of the site, you know, by vegetation. Uh, you know, for instance, somebody can't go in and put rock on their lawn you know, rip out their lawn and put rock in and then, and then, you know, get some kind of rebate. So um, that's part of it. And then part of it is, is that the, you know, the, the remaining uh, uh, area, you know, has to have, you know, like a minimal amount of turf, uh, you know, on it. Um, but basically the guidelines are pretty clear in the, you know, in the, in the website. And what we can do is get that, uh, those links out to you to, uh, you know, so that you can look at that. And I'll actually, I'd ask Rajni to go ahead and maybe send a, an informational email out to the commissioners um, highlighting the different aspects of that program. Okay, all right. Um, just a couple more questions. On slide six, the SURA participants, did that go up or down during COVID? Um, it has actually stayed pretty steady. I mean, it's been up or down, you know, by a couple of hundred. Um, the biggest dynamic is, is uh, on a quarterly basis now, we are, you know, we're getting SMUD's database and uh, that allows us to in automatically enroll in our program all of the SMUD, all of our customers who are who are enrolled in the SMUD program. And so every quarter you'll see that bump up a little bit. And then during the quarter, you'll see it, you know, drop down as, as uh, you know, the two year eligibility requirement hits, you know, for some of the, uh, uh, for some of the customers. But again, every quarter it, it bumps back up when we get the, uh, when do we get the SMUD uh, database? But it's been it's been at the eighty five hundred level, you know, plus or minus uh, for quite a while. Okay. Uh, last question in uh, I think that's slide thirteen or fifteen. Um, do we have an idea when we will cease and desist with waiving of the late fees? Um. That is a that is council direction, and so council is the one that's going to need to you know undirect that. Uh, I I honestly don't know, but I I have a feeling that now that things are starting to loosen up, um, I, you know I I honestly can't guess. I but I would no problem. You know I would assume that in the, sometime in the next six months, that council is going to you know direct us to go you know, go back to normal operations on that, but that we'll see. I mean, I, I honestly have, I, I don't have a very good feel uh, for that. Chair Thomas, um, I can respond to that. Um, the waiver of late fees is linked to the declaration of an emergency. So when the COVID emergency is rescinded by the council, then the late fee waiver will um, probably expire at that time. Good. Thank and do you. We, Thanks, Mike. And, do we, and, and thank you, Mike. I really appreciate it. Um, do we then send out notices um, 
late fees will be reinstituted by this billing period, et cetera, et cetera, or um, the. Uh, I, yes, I would expect there to be some outreach. Deal. Yeah. And then, you know, if they're late, there's a late fee. Yeah, I would expect there to be some outreach informing the, the public that that has happened. You know, the, the council has uh, undeclared the, you know, the COVID emergency. And I don't know if there'll be some kind of, um, to, you know, time frame, you know, when that would become effective or if it's effective immediately. And if so, yes, we would want to be messaging that. Okay. Any other questions, commissioners? Quick question Brian. on outreach. Um, so for the Prop 218 process, I assume that the calculus for, you know, assessing, you know, the, you know, the need for outreach is a little bit different <sighs> than, you know, something that's just going straight to, you know, that's just a question of, you know, whether, whether sufficient protests. Um, so if we're relying on getting ballots back, is that, is, the, is there an outreach process that uh, the city's undergoing? Or is that kind of being rolled into the, you know, the, some of the previous outreach you've done on the 218? So we have, we're, we're starting. And again, this is still, um, we're working with the city manager's office on, you know, when and how we move forward with this. Um, but it will include, you know, very robust education and outreach to you know, neighborhood associations and to, uh, you know, our, all of our customers on why we need to do this and why this is important. But as far as actual advocacy, you know, encouraging people to vote yes, you know, on a ballot, we are not able to do that as, uh, you know, as a city. There are other groups that could step up, you know, private groups that could step up and do that. And that may be part of our strategy. Um, but our, you know, our focus has to be, you know, education uh, and, uh, 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 you know, we can't educate about the need, but we can't advocate. And so, yes, it's, it's a high bar, um, Commissioner. It's, it's uh, we're not aware of very many drainage rate adjustments that have been made throughout the state of California successfully. And so it's ambitious, but it's something we have to we have to do. We have to at least try. Uh, otherwise, our you know our fund is going to be woefully inadequate for um, even operations and maintenance. You know, eventually. Thank you. Any other questions, commissioners? All right. Again, want to thank uh, our director. Want to thank our city attorney as well as our AV person, uh, Tyler, um, for their assistance. Uh, this will conclude the, um, the presentation. Uh, if there are no more questions, we'll move to public comment. And I uh, wanna ask, is there anyone on the line who would like to make a public comment? Sure, there are meeting? no callers on the line. Okay, callers, all right, next. Um, on our agendas, member comments, ideas, questions, uh, meeting conference reports. Um, Mr. Fidel. Hi, I just have a real quick question. We may not have the right people here to answer. On the city of Sacramento jobs board, the um, waste recycling division is looking for an integrated waste general manager. And I was just wondering if um, anyone we know has, has gone away is that john febo's position or is that aaron's it's, position it's jerome council's position that's what i was wondering yeah he took he got a very nice opportunity i think in texas or something like that and he uh, kidding yeah so that's a big deal <clears throat> and, yeah. so they're hiring to replace him yes interesting okay thank yeah. you are you interested? <laughs> Not qualified, I don't think. Wow. When did when was Jerome's last day or is it has it coming up? No, it's not. I think it's happened. And I don't know the exact date, um, but it, it wasn't very long ago. Wow. Uh, would have liked to have said uh, goodbye to Jerome. He's a good yeah. man. 
Um, just to clarify, Jerome's last day was June 11th. Yeah, so. Thank you. Do we have any type of a uh, forwarding address? Maybe like to send him something. Congratulations and good luck in good old Texas. If we can, fine. If not, uh, Adam, do you, know, do you know the answer to that? Um, I can look into it and get back to you guys. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, that'd be nice. So Jerome served the city well. I think that that'd and, be nice also. And it was a, it was a huge uh, benefit to, to the commission. Thank you, Commissioner Fidel, for reading the job board. <laughs> <laughs> My buddy, Macon. Um, any other announcements? All right. With that, I suspect that we will call for an adjournment of, of our meeting. Um, I do want to say, um, commissioners, as always, uh, I was remiss when I didn't mention this last time. Thank you for your time. All of us are volunteers. Um, I so appreciate all of you um, attending, participating, your questions, and uh, it's, it's uh, my job a lot easier. So. Uh, I want to thank everyone. And at this time, if there are no more questions, we call for an adjournment of our June 23rd, 2021 meeting. Thank you. And I echo that. Thanks, everybody, for your time. Very, very Thank much. You, Bill. All right. Take care, everyone. See you at the thank next meeting. Thank you. Meeting. You too. Okay.